Welcome to another episode of the podcast, and if you're listening to this, it means you made it. You survived the madness of fall and some of the stress and anxiety. I know there's a lot of change that comes for leaders in the fall, and you're going to hear changes that are coming up with Stay Forth Designs, stuff that we're pretty pumped about, new things that we're releasing, a product that we've been talking about for a long, long time. We're going to start sharing about it here on the podcast, also over on Instagram. Make sure to follow us at Stay Forth Designs for some of these new things that we're going to spin out. But one of these new things for us is a tweak. We often come into the podcast broadcast style, so interviewing a guest, but we're going to shift into some conversations. I get into some amazing conversations, David gets into some amazing conversations, and sometimes we're just going to turn a mic on those conversations. They're going to be a little bit more relational, and we want to take you right to those discussions that we were having. So we're sorry in this podcast, we can't actually give you the tacos that we were enjoying that evening, but we're going to give you the conversation we had over those tacos. So this episode is with a good friend of mine, Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington. It's a great church. I've spoken there. I've spent time training and, and equipping their staff team. But also their communications pastor, Jason Ritchie, comes on. And we start to talk about innovation and change and communication because they do some amazing things in terms of communication at that church. They take some great risks. But it, it shifts into the fear we feel the risks that we need to be taking as a church. We laugh at some of their failures that they've had as a church. And this is just a, a pretty amazing episode. So you might remember that Daniel was actually episode one. He kicked off this podcast, so it's great to have him back on the podcast. I always love having friends here on the podcast. So I love this conversation that unfolded with the team at Crossroads Community Church. So enjoy my conversation with my friends, Daniel Fusco and Jason Ritchie. Sit back and enjoy. Guys, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm really excited to have two of my friends with me, and uh, there's great news because we just ate some incredible tacos. The <laughs> night's already been good looking at the Colorado mountains, but I've got two friends with me from Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, um, the United States Vancouver. And so I uh, got my man, Daniel Fusco, with me. Good to have you here. It's great to be with you, Alan. Great to be with everybody. And uh, also a friend, Jason Ritchie, with us. Jason, thanks for coming, man. And thank you for the tacos. They were amazing. You are welcome. We like to say, taste and see that the Lord is good. So <laughs> things have already been good. So if we're just like halfway through our taco conversation, we got to bring it on to the podcast. Uh, Daniel came on episode one, actually helped us kick this oh, off. So it's kind of crazy to think about how many people start podcasts and how few actually continue them. And so uh, just have loved the conversations that have developed. But these two are really a dynamic duo in, in many ways, and it's been fun to watch. Um, Crossroads uh, just has an incredibly creative culture. You guys communicate God's truth in so many different ways, um, even down to emojis and even down to some of the things that other churches just aren't quite taking some of the risks that you guys are. And so I'm actually going to pick on Jason first. Um, why don't you just share just a little bit of um, kind of your philosophy of communication uh, maybe that's too formal, but why do you guys do what you do? Why do you take some of the risks that you do in order to communicate God's word to our culture? A couple of things that come to mind. One is um, we just want to see uh, how we could get the message out in a way that connects with real people. And so for us, that's um, we do love our church and everybody in our church, and that's a, a part of our relationships we have, but we also go, 
what about the people that we meet up with when we when we say hi to people in Starbucks or on the soccer team, you know, parents or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but when you talk about risk, it brings something to mind, and uh, Daniel could talk to this a little bit as well. And that is for us, we do our best with our teams to try to remove any fear of risk. We like to say, uh, hey guys, we want to have a high bias for experimentation. Mm. Let's try it. That's I mean, good. anything short of sin to get the message out and to get a, a resonating message. Not just, not just a repeatable, sustainable message, but, but something that is, is trying to break through and, and kind of get out there in people's faces a little bit and they respond to it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, and, and, and in a lot of ways, uh, Jason is really extraordinary in this area because uh, as a culture, I mean, so Jason is our executive pastor of, of creative arts. So he's over all of our uh, communications, worship, uh, all the creative side of what we do at Crossroads. And, we're, and, we're, and we, along with Pastor Gabe, who you know real well, Alan, uh, who's our executive pastor of ministries, and Pastor Luke, who's our executive pastor of operations, we've just made a commitment that the greatest risk is not trying something that doesn't work. The greatest risk is not reaching the people of this generation. And so either way, you're assuming risk. It's just a matter, are you actually going to reach people? And, and I think for a lot of leaders, uh, especially in the, in the church space, uh, we're so worried about being criticized by other believers who are not necessarily of our tribe or our style that uh, everyone just plays it safe. And meanwhile, there's a whole world out there who um, not only Jesus as Messiah, but the message of the gospel, it's, it's evergreen. I mean, it's always relevant. And so um, for us, we just kind of decided that the greater risk is not reaching our generation and not reaching our community. And so because of that, we're willing to try and fail. We're willing to, you know, that old saying that we want to fail forward. Like for us, it's more we just fail and we're just going to learn from what went wrong. But like I always tell our team and all of our leaders know this and we, and we encourage one another with it. Um, no one's going to get mad at you if you strike out swinging for the fences. As long as you understand, okay, so what went, what went wrong? I mean, the only way someone gets in trouble at Crossroads is if they're too scared to get in the batter's box and take a cut. And so for us, it, it begins, I think, with us as, as more senior leaders just to, to establish that culture and like say, look, we're going to try things. They're not always going to work. Um, we might try something and we, we, we get a couple things wrong. But the only thing that matters is can we reach people where they are in a way that they can understand with the life-giving message of Jesus? Because, I mean, if Jesus is going to, if God's going to take on flesh and dwell among us, I mean, like, he took the greatest risk. It's a big and, deal. And so, yeah, so, like, we're not really risking anything. We're just, we're just willing just to say, hey, let's just throw it out there and see what happens. I love it. I mean, the, the culture of risk is clearly in your bones uh, there at Crossroads. I love the, the staff and the team. And whenever I come out, I just sense that it's kind of, let's give it a shot. Let's go for it, which is very different from kind of the fear apologetic. I think that a lot of churches don't know is kind of leaking out. And so just appreciate that. Love that. Um, you guys have grown. You guys have continued to get more and more professional. Does that get harder to take those risks? And, um, and if not, then why aren't more churches taking the risk? I'm not trying to jab at anybody, but why aren't yeah, yeah, churches yeah. taking the kind of communications yeah. risk that you guys continue to take? Uh, you know, I don't even think, um, for a lot of the people that we, uh, at, at Crossroads, we have a lot of churches that'll just call up and um, they'll either do a video call or they'll, they'll bring a team in. Churches will bring teams in and say, we want to talk over these things and we'll, 
By the way, I didn't mean to say taco again, but I just wish we had some more. It's on the mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what we're really doing behind this podcast. Uh, they they will talk over things with us that they're 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 wanting to to try in online ministry um, or you know just just trying to reach their community more. And one thing that um, that I notice a lot is um, when we. Uh, create systems for um, looking at data and looking at um, effectiveness on the back end um, for everything we do, whether it's communications we're putting out, maybe it's something we're trying in a service format, uh, maybe it's something we're shifting up and something as simple as how we pass out communion. We're going to have uh, on the back end some just some after action, some safe uh, conversation where we can um, talk about what we like, what we didn't like. Um, you know, same thing like like I, I asked uh, Daniel to, you know, try a thing. It was, a, you know, something that I liked from, from um, like weightlifting Instagrams. It's like, it's like a four-day challenge, you know? And I'm like, what if we did a spiritual four-day challenge on like, you know, I don't even remember. It was about like learning about love. Walking like, on the wild side. Well, I, well, <laughs> did just walk did he have to like... Lift anything or flex or with, take a shirt off? Like what? No, Dude, no, no. We, 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 won't, we won't take okay. our shirts off. We won't that, risk that much. That's terrifying. Right? That, there are some, there are some lines. Minutes. No, it was not that well. Okay, I guess one was called Walking on the Wild Side. I don't even remember that one. But it kind of makes a point. We, we look later and we're like, oh, these things are totally bombing. <laughs> yeah. So, But, I mean... We're just trying it and, and seeing if we can reach different people. We're, we're you know, we're looking at our um, kind of the kinds of comments we're getting, the kinds of messaging we're getting, yep. what kind of people are being are being reached and challenged and um, and, you know, having fun with it and just trying to encourage people um, on our team and the teams that we meet with that um, if if we can on the back end. Uh, create really effective systems that are repeatable um, for the things that we like and that are going well, uh, then what happens is you turn around a year later and you don't even remember when you created that system. That's right. It's just super smooth and efficient and effective and, you know, it's just doing its thing. Um, Versus like I've been in cultures and our own culture was that way um, a a while back where uh, you're, you're always like reacting Yep, that's and right. that reactive culture is very unsafe feeling to everybody and, and, and it really wears us out. And I want to give you guys a shout out too, because when we were out there, you said, we're, you know, we're going to get with you guys and help you with whatever you need, whatever you want. And the creative team poured into us. We had a meal together and really it sparked uh, some of the risk we've taken with Stay Forth to realize, you know, like, what is the risk here, right? And in many ways, social media, I mean, kind of disappears the next day. As long as you say something, you don't say something that you regret, right, forever, the untweetable or whatever, um, give it a shot. And I, I just got that from your team. It's not like we're trying to be another church. We're literally going, man, the gospel's at stake here, and let's get this out to as many people as possible. So you guys live that out so well. Your team just gave away, like, sort of any and all secrets and encouraged us a ton. So well, I think what you're that. talking about is also, like, it's one of the keys to being able to sustain a long-term risk-taking endeavor is that you need to do it in community. So it's like, in a lot of ways, like I was just talking with our team recently in a situation, I'm like, given a couple of things that have gone on, I'm catching myself being very risk-averse. You know, and so so when when I'm able to vocalize that with the team, then they'll be like, okay, so I'm letting them know, like, I don't want to be that. 
And, and sometimes not all risk is good. And so sometimes we have ideas that are just flat out horrendous ideas and we shouldn't do them. But in a culture where you're willing to brainstorm, throw ideas against the wall, there, there's always like in any community, there are people who want to step on the gas and people who want to step on the brakes. And sometimes we step on the brakes for all different reasons. But the key is to keep making sure that like we're keeping each other honest with it. And so there are times when you know, there's been ideas when they'd be like, well, if you, you know, if you really want to do that, you should pray about that for a month, you know, and the idea is if you still want to do it at the end of the month, then, then maybe we should maybe pray about it for another idea. month. Maybe we should pray for another month yeah. about that. You don't want to <laughs> be the guy. I've been accused sometimes of if I walk down the hall and I'm like, hey, dude, I got an idea for you. And they literally like turn around and wow, walk the wow. opposite direction. Well, yeah. we were just talking about that around the fire. <laughs> we're talking about not even just change management, but change leadership. Yeah. of how do we lead into change and around change and there's always going to be people that are against it to some level yeah. and there's always going to be people that are for it like I don't care what it is They're like yeah I just want change because it's different mm-hmm. um, I would just be, be curious even behind that what are some of the guards that you guys have put in place to say how do we know what's good decision making how do we know what's risk and what's stupid talk about that a little bit well you know this year every year we try and theme at least from like a a like a staffing perspective we have a theme or a vision and so like this year as we were telling you earlier uh over tacos which we should go back and get some more after we're done with this um we were talking about how we made the decision to make this year uh, a year of simplicity where our goal was to embrace simplicity with an elegant consistency when you have a like kind of a notorious risk-taking culture high bias for experimentation you also have the capacity to not be the most consistent because things are things can be per, perpetually changing, and especially when you have people who like there's a certain type of a leader who is drawn to a culture like ours, and so uh, you have a lot of people who have lots of ideas and innovative people and creative and collaborative people, and so you put us all together, and we'll, you know we get a brainstorming session going, and we can completely redesign everything that we do at any given time, and so we realized that we needed to take a moment to really slow down the rate of innovation. And what we told everyone is, listen, we need to keep cataloging, cataloging all of our ideas, but you really have to make a strong case for why we need to make this innovation now. And we need to slow down the rate of implementation. So uh, for us, and, and like if people watch our social media, I mean, you know, the, the world sees our, our intentionality in the digital space a lot because we've realize that you know people don't go to church but they do have facebook and instagram and twitter and youtube and tvs and so we want to we want to use all that because we can reach people there um things are constantly adjusting there and so um because of that you know we just decided all the next set of adjustments we're going to make you need to slow it down and you really need to make a case why we need to make this change as opposed to keeping that elegant consistency. So one of the things that we had prayed about for over a year was changing our service times on mm-hmm. Sunday, you know? And that was one that was like, we tabled it, we tabled it, we tabled it. Yeah, in a year of consistency, we're not gonna change it. And we ended up changing him uh, this fall and it ended up being a, a, a necessary change for us as a church, uh, uh, where our service times, where we had kind of capped kind of our growth in our largest service. And by making the move, it, 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 it's already in, uh, four weeks has paid huge dividends for us. But it was one of those things that we just slowed the thing down intentionally. And, um, and we told everyone else, listen, we're gonna keep tweaking things. 
um, but we just need to really make a case for it. And so we, we had kind of forced ourselves to, to stay consistent, which for us was, you know, for other people, that's not the problem. So like, if you're in the people and you're like, everything's always exactly the same, I would force yourself to take some risks. Uh, for us, we had to force ourselves to not take risks uh, unless somebody could really make a strong case and we wait on the Lord and seek the Lord and really talk through it and pray through it. And that's been really healthy for us in this year. All right, let's do some let's do some real talk. I love having two guys on the same team here. You guys have kind of these secret conversations behind the scenes and push and pull. I know how this stuff works. So maybe walk me through a conversation. Maybe Daniel's excited for a new risk or something. What's kind of the the banter that you guys have? And, and I joke, but I mean real like decision making stuff, right? Yeah. These are hard decisions. And so this kind of led us into some of the decision making, you know, friction tension, good conversations, whatever we want to call it. Jason, uh, why don't you kick us off, man? I think, okay, so if we're going from the perspective of friction, <laughs> um, probably I would, I would tend to come at those conversations with like, like um, a heavy presence of uh, facts and figures. But this is an Enneagram statement for you, right? Because you're an Enneagram guy. Um, the, uh, my Enneagram's a one. So I'm going to come at it like, well, this is what it is. So we need to make decisions based around this, right? Yep. Even though other people in the room might not agree excellence, that that right? is Always what it is. Always wanting to bring the excellence. Yep. Yeah. It's like, it's like, well, since this is what it is, let's talk about this, this change I want to make, you know? And, and so that can tend to be um, overbearing and uh, make people feel forced into decisions. I've, I've understood. I've been, I've been told. So I try to come with some excitement about what, um, what we might be able to gain or, or the improvements that we're looking for, or things we've been talking about that we want to see in our ministry or in a, or in a related you know, ministry. We have like a parachurch ministry that we have that does um, TV and radio ministry. And what, what I find is, um, you know, as long as you can give up that idea to the Lord and to the, to the people that you're in real um, close Christian community with and you trust and you, and you guys uh, believe the best in each other and you trust each other first and you, and you don't have, you know, suspicion and doubt, um, then we work through stuff. And, and one thing that's hard for every uh, entrepreneurial spirit uh, person is I want to see change, you know, quicker and um, like two weeks ago. Yeah, like like this is obviously what we should do. We need to pivot here, and of course that's not how you um, keep people on board, and it's not very healthy. So uh, I've learned that you know you just throw ideas out, and the why is important. But then let's just see what God does in in that relationship. So I appreciate you telling on yourself, Jason. Uh, why don't you do the same? Daniel, tell on yourself a little bit. How, how do you kind of approach that in a way that maybe shakes the team up or, or may jostle the team a little bit? Yeah, so I mean, so Jason and I are part of a, a four-person team. And so, and all, you know, like even though my title is the lead pastor, it's like we're really a team of equals and uh, we just have different roles that we play. And so uh, for us, um, the brainstorming is always going on in different ways. Like in any time we're connecting in any in any configuration of us or somebody hears something from someone in the church or someone we talk to, or we hear this idea. And so we're constantly, we don't care where we find good ideas. We, if we find them, we use them. And so uh, then the conversations start. And so for me, um, I am um, 
I am your classic entrepreneurial visionary leader. Like, I, like it's impossible. And I'm like, it's possible. Let's do it. And, and, and I'm a, I'm a ready, uh, shoot aim kind of a person. Maybe I'm a shoot ready aim kind of a person. Really? I'm just like, I'm jumping out of the plane and I'm like, Hey, we got parachutes on. That's just my nature. So obviously, um, I, I can, I can be off on a fit of fancy of an idea at any given moment. And so what is good is that I find that, uh, Jason from his seat and Gabe from his seat and Luke from his seat, they, they all have different gifts. And so, um, for me, I realize that I can be, um, both by a nature of position and by personality, I can be, uh, persuasive in a manipulative way. And, uh, Jason and I were talking about that earlier today about it's a, it's a character flaw that like, because, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a charismatic personality. Um, I can try and make, I can, I can talk people into doing things that they probably shouldn't be doing. And, and I use that in terrible ways and good ways. This is real. I'm literally like, is this a confessional? Are you reading my mail? I mean, a couple of Enneagram sevens here. I'm just saying. So like, thank God that there's some balance in this world because we wouldn't know what we're doing. We're just doing it, you know? But I feel like the same way I can make someone excited about something just by looking into their eyes and saying, uh-huh. And they have no idea that I'm doubting it inside or whatever. And so I've literally had the exact same conversation with my wife to say, man, like I, I even need to like discern ahead of time because I could accidentally get somebody excited about something. And they're like, who told you to do that, Alan? You did. What? I never told you I, I that. Maybe my, that. my eyes insane. did or my excitement or we ate tacos together. I don't know. But man, reading my mail. So... And I, and I think, but when you're in the midst of it, when you respect the people around you, you respect who they are, um, you respect the, the way that they're different. You know, like, like, so Jason says he comes with facts and figures, which it always makes me like, I love it because I would never come with facts and figures. I just come with kind of hunches and ideas, you know, and, and like, and so, um, and, and where Luke or Gabe would come with a different set of things that they're, that they see in it. And so like, I just respect who they are and I respect how God uses them. And, um, and so I'm willing to, like, like the first pushback on an idea, that doesn't mean that the, anyone's bad. It just means we're trying to find, is there something here for us? And so I think as a team, uh, we just really respect one another and we appreciate one another and we understand one another. So, um, so they won't let me, you know, like Jason, like, I know that you're like all wanting to do that right now. And this is like the most important thing in your mind right now. But, but here's why I think we should hold off on that. You know, and, and more times than not, I do pretty well with that, you know, and, and the same thing for each person. And where you kind of shifted to where you'll come in and be like, hey, I don't know if this is the right idea, but I want to put out this idea and then I want you guys to think about it. Yeah. So just you guys can think about it. Yeah. Let me explain why I think this is a great idea. Good. So perhaps he's learning from you. So Yeah. So that's great. Cause is it's that like, what you're saying? It's like a seven is coming and I didn't know this was going to turn into an Enneagram discussion, but it always but, does. But, but like, but like a seven is coming with like a ton of enthusiasm, but I love the contextualization to go like, let's keep this over here. Like we'll all look at it and, and decide if we think it's a great idea. You know, and that's really helpful, I think, for everybody to hear that. Yeah, and when, when you realize that, you know, and especially like in any organization, like I've had to learn that when I go into a meeting, like if I'm just like walking through the hallway and I'm talking to our kids ministry team and I'm in there and, and we're just saying hi and I'm like, they're like, what are you work? I'm like, what are you working on? And they start telling me and I start brainstorming out loud. I realize that in that moment as the lead pastor, 
if I don't say, hey, listen, hold on, we're just brainstorming. I want you to go talk to Pastor Gabe about this because I know you guys have all these things you're working on and it's like, I'm not here telling you to change anything. Like I've had to learn that because for, I made so many mistakes with that and I love brainstorming and talking out loud. But when I forget sometimes that people are like, oh, well, Pastor Daniel wants us to go do this right now and they don't achieve the things that they're supposed to be doing because I sent them on a fire drill, but I didn't mean to. So like, I'm trying to learn how to navigate my own excitement about things and, and also set our teams up to win. And so um, I think as it relates to communications and risk, it's that's part of it. Like sometimes we have to get ourselves out of our own way. And um, and I think as a in the community of, of our team, that's just a really beautiful part because for all of us, there's strengths and weaknesses and there's um, leanings and assumptions. And, and so we all have them. It's just about, hey, how do we navigate this to get at? Because you only have so much energy. So we, if whatever we get at, we need to get at the best things. I love that. And I'm actually hearing that, I think it's a theme across the country is this, you know, submit one to another that like, we've all got gifts. They're seasonal things. I think if, if we're heading into a season of needing consistency, there's certain people on the team we're going to need to lean to. And so that to me just sounds like maturity. Um, never something we were excited about, right? Like I want to grow up and be healthy someday said no 21 year old ever. I mean, that's not what we say. Yeah. I'd like to grow up and be a church that's mature, but just, uh, man, I love that. And I'm actually hearing that of saying, team, what does that look like? We have to figure out culture and wiring. I love that. Um, for a few minutes, I just want to talk about trends. Um, you know, maybe it's in the lens of communication. Maybe it's uh, things among leaders across the country that you're seeing, things that you're excited about. Just what are maybe a few trends? Um, and I'll start with you, Daniel. What are some trends you're seeing uh, across the country? Um, good, bad, or in between? And I'd love to hear some from you as well, Jason. So I think the, the trend that's got me the most concerned for the body of Christ is that you know we live in this 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 outrage age where everyone is angry, and um, and I'm watching church leaders because we live in a culture that is more sensitive and aggressive at the same time. Um, I'm watching it start to infect uh, church leaders where uh, the tone has become much more angry, much more malicious, accusatory, accusatory attacking, and on all of those. And all of those adjectives never describe Jesus. And so, um, and it's something that we talk about a lot as a team because obviously not only are we, you know, leading a, like, and involved in an amazing work that God is doing in Vancouver, Washington, but Crossroads is also a church that, you know, is, we have people from all over the world who are part of the ministry that we're doing. And, and so, oh, it takes a lot of work on our end to realize that God is not outraged. You know, um, God loves a broken world so much he'd send his son. And so to really keep our eyes on Jesus, our hearts abiding with Jesus, our words and our tone being uh, full of grace, seasoned with salt. I think that's one of the things that people say a lot about what we're doing at Crossroads. Because you know we we minister in in a, in a largely uh, never been Christian area, all the time people say I don't know if I agree with you, but I love your tone, mm. you know. And and when I hear that enough times, I'm like, okay, so like, this is an important thing. It's not what you say; it's how you say it, yeah. you know. And um, for me, I I think that um, the name of Jesus with a tone of outrage is only going to push people farther from the Lord. And so it's something that's really concerning and. We talk about it a lot because we're living in the same day and age too. 
So it's not like we're immune to it. It's just a matter of like, I, I have to remind myself that like God is not outraged right now. Like, I mean, God's anger was, I mean, it's the gospel. God's anger at the sin of humanity, he took out on Jesus on the cross by perfect design. And, and so God wants his people to be a people of grace, not a people of speaking the truth in love, not just speaking the truth loudly, you know? And so it's that we hold that. It's not even intention. I and mean, we say we hold intention, but it's not intention. There are two sides of the same coin. And so for me, you can speak the truth in love without being outraged because the outrage tone, uh, it's indistinguishable from the tone of the world that we live in now. And that's a big concern for me because I'm watching, I think the outrage culture now, it's coming off in our tone, but it's also like infecting our hearts. It's like there's a hardness of heart that's developing. And I, and I see the battle going on in my own heart in the midst of this world. And I'm just saying, if I, if I allow this thing to blossom, the, the way the gospel's moving is not gonna, it's gonna be stifled in my life. It's a good word and a good way to describe it. And I think the fact that we're not immune from that is it's hard but it's necessary we're in the battle um but i appreciate the positive tone that you guys come with and i love that phrase that god is not outraged yeah. even though we might be yeah. so when i know and some people yeah. will hear that and they'll be like well this verse is this and this verse. so but listen and that's true all those verses are real but we got to remember you know god's anger he gave to jesus on the cross satisfied it's like yeah. that's and what, and what is love love believes all things Love hopes all things. That's Love right. Endures all things. That's right. It's, I mean, it's unending in its kindness. It just, mm -hmm. it's a different kind of a, it's total opposite of us in our raging humanity. It's um, an interesting time to be alive for sure. Um, Jason, what about you, man? So Good, bad, otherwise. I'm going to swing to the positive side. All right. Okay. Bring us there. I'm going <laughs> to, um, one thing that I'm excited about that we get to see, we get to see a lot of from the behind the scenes angle is, um, a lot of churches are getting excited about evangelism again. Um, there, there was a real, uh, kind of a backlash for a while where evangelism was kind of painted like it's used car salesmen, um, talking people into the kingdom so they can, you know, chalk one more up on the, on the board in the back hall. Uh, and 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 that kind of stuff, um, but ministries are really talking a lot about God putting it on their heart. Like, okay, you know, you guys are doing a lot with altar calls. What what's that look like? How are you doing that intentionally? How is it real every week? How is it real every service? How, you know, what do you do if nobody comes forward and and it seems like you know nothing's happening? All that kind of stuff. We're seeing a lot of people coming in and and asking for you know, just input and coaching and, and stuff for that. Um, and then we're, we're seeing a lot in, um, in online ministry as well. And, and I know, Alan, you're a big believer in like, I got to sit across the table from somebody. We've got a taco in each hand. We know each other. We can speak into each other's lives. It's, it's not the same in, a, in an online setting where I leave, you know, I'm doing a live video and I don't know you. But I know you're on the other side of it, and we are too, where God's doing something with that. And we don't know, you know, we don't know uh, why necessarily people are more interested in a virtual relationship than a real physical, you know, 
face-to-face relationship, but what we can say is um, God's right in the middle there. The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, let's dive in there. And the more we get involved, the more we're like, man, every week people are saying my life has changed because you're pouring into my life in these different online ways, like an online small group that's having different type of meetups every day, Um, an online small group where we're modeling small group on camera while people are watching live and and sending in their thoughts and questions and things they're going through. You know, just like literally, of course, the online service thing too on on a Sunday or whatever, but just literally saying, how can we use this place where so many millions of people live to encounter them just like in our neighborhoods and that's their neighborhood right now they're sitting there they're comfortable there they 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 are willing to maybe do stuff they wouldn't do in in their physical world and drive onto a church campus how can we engage them and the holy spirit can do a work in their life and we're seeing a ton of that happening and if i can say about the online stuff what what we're learning is that just like if you know somebody says hey you should go to this restaurant Right? What's the first thing everybody does? You Google it. You look at the Yelp reviews. You 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 check things out. What's on the menu? What's the costing? You know, you find out all these things. And so, you know, churches would think, well, hey, it's um, I have a website that gives all all the information. It's like what we've learned, especially because we're in a part of the country that is kind of well known for its lack of Christianity, is that. Um, we wonder why people don't think the church has anything to offer because most people haven't stepped foot in one in a long, long time. And so what we found is by giving them a view into what church looks like, like we have people literally every week who, for all these different reasons, they've started watching online and they're like, you know, and and then the the music starts. They don't call it worship because they wouldn't know to call it that. The music starts and I just find myself crying. Why do you think I cry when the music starts? Yeah. And I'm like, well, God, you know, God uses music to touch parts of our souls, you know, because I'm a musician. I'm like, you know, it touches us in different ways. And like, I think that might be happening to me. I think that might be happening. I'm like, it might be, you know. And then they start hearing, you know, the Bible be taught, and 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 a message. And they're like, oh, you know, some people think like, oh, a, a Christian pastor just hates everybody, hates these different groups of people and these different ethnicities or genders or this or that. And then all of a sudden they, they hear God's word being taught and they're like, I got a lot to think about today. They're thinking about all week. And then all of a sudden they can't, they're shocked. They're like, I can't wait to listen next week. And what I found is that as people develop an appetite for the things of God, all of a sudden they, like it's because God placed eternity in our hearts. Everybody knows that unless there's a, a legitimate reason, like you're shut in you, you know, you're sick, there's these things. Everyone craves community. And so in some ways, it's like we think we're doing them a disservice by giving them an, an online experience. I'm like, no, we actually are inviting them in because they get to see what they've been missing out on for all these years. And don't miss it back. A lot of people don't go to church, they got hurt at church, you know, and, and so we want to show them that not every church is like the church they got hurt in. You know, maybe they had, uh, you know, doctrine that was really uh, kind of... Uh, what I would consider non-biblical doctrine is all these reasons why, you know, um, maybe, you know, they were told certain things about who God is that isn't what the Bible teaches, or they were told things about who God is that is in the Bible, but not properly nuanced with the fullness of scripture. And so what, what I've learned is that by giving people a view in, people realize I need this in my life. I need to be in the people of God. I was created to be a part of this. And so what we found is that it, it, 
when we give people that opportunity, they realize what they've been missing out on. They don't want to miss out anymore. That's right. Like I often wonder the, the ladies at Costco, like when I go around the seventh time for a free sample, are they thinking like, man, he's not going to go buy whatever that is in there. But many times it just, people don't know what they're missing. And we're just so out of sight, out of mind. Um, one of the things that I've heard several of your staff members say, even as I was spending time with the Crossroads team, several of your team said, we uh, feel called to inhabit the digital space. And that's something that you guys do well. We talked about that on the first podcast episode that takes a lot of discernment of when to know, like when to shut the app off, when to not post for ourselves, when to post through the church. Like that's hard. And, um, but nobody's saying that's easy. Like, I didn't hear that from your team. It's just, yeah. we feel called to inhabit that. It doesn't mean that it's easy. Um, you guys are doing just some incredible things. Um, obviously, love hanging out. It's great to be with friends and yeah. brothers, and good to have you here on my soil uh, here in Colorado. I thought a good way maybe to end this podcast um, is just maybe an encouragement you have to leaders listening. Um, we have a growing amount of business leaders listening, uh, nonprofit leaders, church leaders, but just kingdom leaders who care to make an impact. Um, what would you say? Uh, what would you say to encourage them to kind of leave them with this episode? Yeah, so what I would say is, uh, in a lot of ways, you're listening to, to this podcast, and Alan, you've been a great blessing, not only to me personally, but to our staff as you've come in and, and uh, made a periodic uh, deposits. Uh, the idea of being right side up as a leader, being a healthy leader, um, we, we all know that we live and lead out of the overflow of our lives. And so... Uh, taking the time to listen to podcasts, to, to, to reading, to, to seeking um, wholeness in your heart. Like even the conversations that we were having earlier and that me and you always have together. So they're good. always, um, they're deep, they're, they're, they're heart. We're, we're sharing our lives. We're sharing our vulnerabilities, which is so hard for leaders to be like, yeah, this is what I'm kind of dealing with right now. And, and me and you, right as we met Alan, we kind of hit that level and started talking that way. And, and, I, and I think that is... If I can just encourage all of you, just keep, just listen to this podcast and, and get people to speak in, try and get Alan to come on in and, and, and pour into to you and your staff. Because what we've found is that, you know, we want to, we want to run the race. We want, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. We don't want to come up lame or hobbled in the midst of the race. And the only way to do it is to be, is to make sure that we're, I always say that everyone is getting older every day, but not everyone is growing in healthy ways. And so, and I've seen that in my own life. And so um, just just keep seeking to be healthy because you want to run the race to win the prize. You want to you wanna be in it for the long game. You want to be the, you're not in our competition against anyone else, but you want to be standing at the end, uh, not just, uh, you know, a bag of uh, a bones all mangled up. You want to thrive in the midst of it. And your family to thrive and your your physical health to thrive and you want to be spiritually vibrant and you know and and those are things that you have to cultivate you know and so i i just encourage you you're listening to this podcast keep just keep growing i know that's what i'm trying to do so and as you're talking about growing i i think one thing that's really helpful and we were even talking about that some tonight earlier is um just invest in your gifts, invest in the areas that you're winning in. Um, I think a lot of us get really focused on the areas that we're, you know, we're kind of coming up short compared to whatever we're seeing on social media or what we're seeing other churches do that if you're at a church and you're in, you know, kind of in that competition mode in your, in your mind or, or in your heart, 
Um, or even in business, the same thing where um, you know, you've got all these different areas that you feel like you need to get better in. But one thing we forget is God has specifically gifted us. He's given us amazing gifts and talents and each person has different bents. Um, I know for me, I grew up in, in, uh, with gifts in areas that are creative, in music, um, in writing, in expression of leadership and things like that. And my, uh, my family we would encourage those things, you know, push into that, you know, go after that stuff. And um, it's not that the other stuff isn't important too, but I'm never gonna be as effective in those areas. Um, because it's not really where I'm, I'm gifted. Um, but in these areas, interestingly enough, the more I can invest and learn and grow, um, the other areas actually grow too. Because uh, these stronger areas that I have in my life um, are really what's holding that other stuff up and encouraging that other stuff and informing that other stuff. So not in, a, in an unhealthy way of only focusing on something that's a gift, but really taking time to go, if God's given me this, what's this supposed to look like in a year, mm. two years, five years? What's this supposed, mm. what could this be if, if God were to say like, there's no limits right now, here's what you could do. And I think of you as a person that's that way, you're specifically very gifted in, in areas of growing leaders, um, um, having deep conversations that challenge people to take the next steps. And you've been like, I'm gonna pour into this. I'm gonna get good at this. I'm not just going to be like, oh, I kind of sort of get this and it seems to be a thing that I kind of do when I'm around people at my church or whatever, but it actually has become a national thing that you do. And uh, I think many times we forget that God, God wants to do that with, with all of us in different areas. Fellas, as good as our conversation was, you guys listening didn't catch the best part. Uh, and certainly, I can joke about it, about tacos all day long. But man, it's so good to just grab a meal together with other leaders. Uh, and you guys just kind of get to catch the leftovers here on this podcast. But <laughs> man, love the, the work of Crossroads Community Church uh, out in Vancouver, just across the river from Portland. Um, you guys are friends and just appreciate how you guys are curating the conversations. You guys are stewarding a lot. Thanks. Thanks for coming on the podcast. You guys ready for some more tacos? Let's do it. Come Let's on. It. Let's do it. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the podcast. And maybe we're crazy, but we're crazy enough to believe that you can indeed go the distance in leadership without losing your soul. Keep tracking along, guys. We are loving the feedback. And thank you guys for sharing. Thanks for the feedback. And we want to continue to host these conversations. You can indeed live right side up in an upside down world. man another great episode of the podcast hope you guys enjoyed that but i hope that was helpful for you to take that next risk and i know that it can be hard as a leader when so many other people are responsible for maybe some of the carnage of those risks and not knowing how those go and it could be one thing to take a risk individually but a whole nother thing to take that with a team to say that the team is going to either take joy in this or maybe suffer a little bit in this risk that we're taking. But I just love Daniel. I love his communication style. I love how God is using him and their church. And thoughts from Jason were incredible to say, how do they do that as a team? They balance each other out so well. So again, we want to remind you, follow us over on Instagram. We've got some new announcements coming up. Some things that we're pretty pumped about as a team. We also uh, just had the opportunity for our ladies 
to do what we call a stay forth, go forth experience. They took a bunch of ladies up into the mountains and they talked about the things that you should not should on and think about in your life. All those kind of whether they're fears, whether they're anxieties, whether they're regrets, the shame and guilt. Just hear some incredible reports from that. Our ladies are amazing. And these experiences are amazing. You're going to hear about more of these coming up. We'd love for you to think and pray about joining us on one of those experiences. I will say that the spots go pretty quickly for those experiences. We have limited space. Those are boutique experiences. And really, we want to make sure that the people come on those literally just get their their socks blessed off by this time that we have. So you'll hear more. Follow along at stayforth.com for any more info that you need about coaching, about consulting, about taking your next right steps with us. We just want to leave with one question from this episode. What one risk do you need to take this week? What one risk do you need to take this week? We want to be the people cheering you on to go for it, to take your next step, and ultimately to remind you of this, that you can indeed Go the long haul in your leadership without losing your soul. As always, thanks for joining us on another episode, and we'll catch you next time.